Welcome to the Career Zone podcast, where each episode we spend some time focusing on something that's on students' minds right now. I'm your host, Rachel, Employability and Careers Consultant with the University of Exeter. You can catch up on all of our episodes by doing all of those subscribing and following things. We're on Spotify and iTunes. Thanks for joining us again, because I know this is your second time on the the Law Miniseries podcast, and I'm excited we're going to be talking about working in-house, of course, which is uh, what you're doing at the moment. So maybe if you could just introduce, um, in case any of our listeners didn't hear the last podcast, maybe you could just give a brief intro of um, your current role. Sure. Thanks for having me again. Uh, yeah, I am currently working in-house for Adidas, um, the sports brand. I am currently acting as a director of licensing. Um, what that means is that I'm looking after the legal aspect of licensing as it relates to different uh, different aspects of our business. So licensing out where we are licensing out our certain trademarks or other intellectual property for um, other brands or other businesses to use and exploit in certain product categories, Um, licensing in where we are bringing in certain IP rights of various collaboration partners, designers, um, other brands, uh, sometimes influencers, musicians, etc. in order to do collaborations with them on a product level or sometimes also on a marketing level. Um, and then also some other kind of new developing um, areas of licensing involving Web3 and the the, the metaverse. Um, it's a big licensing element there where you're, again, working with different people's intellectual property rights. Yeah, and I, I know you mentioned a few times Web3 and the metaverse, so it'd be good to explore that a little bit later on and kind of how your role has an impact on that and I guess how that's changing the legal sector. But I guess first, let can I just ask, I mean, the most obvious question, isn't it? You know, why did you choose to work as an in-house solicitor? Yeah, I think um, I, I think for me, from the kind of the, the, the early days of starting to study law at uni, um, I already kind of had it in my head that I didn't really want to just pursue the down the line um, or at least what at the time was the kind of down the line approach towards getting into um, into legal practice. But what I mean by that is private practice wasn't really something which um, which excited me so much. I um, was a little put off by the concept of the billable hours, by the sort of revolving door nature that isn't necessarily the case, but sometimes can um, can 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 at least be the perception that, you know, you're your clients come in with a specific ask or a specific project or a specific specific issue you are servicing them they go out the door the other way and then you never really see how that project comes to life you never really a part of what they are really doing you're just kind of on call for when um, for, for, for when you're needed whereas I was always kind of of the view and this is this view has certainly been validated as I've gone into um, to working in-house that you know by being there at the epicenter of a business, um, you are much better positioned to be part of that business to really kind of see that you can add tangible value, not just through applying kind of technical legal knowledge or indeed legal services, but more being a bit more of a business partner and and seeing that company develop 
the strategies come to life um, and really kind of being integrated with that. And, and at the same time as well, realizing that, um, you know, you are a part of a, of a of a moving ship rather than just jumping on board every uh, every every now and then. That was something that just uh, was always in my mind and something which, um, you know, kind of already directed me towards that kind of that 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 in-house route in terms of my thinking of if I want to practice as a lawyer at all, that's maybe the way I want to go. How did you know, sort of, because I can definitely see see the draw of what you're saying. I guess you see uh, the whole journey, don't you, as opposed to, like you say, you know, clients coming in and out. Uh, but how did you sort of know, how did you even know that there was a difference, you know, that you could work in-house or, and how did you find out what the differences might be? Well, this is a really interesting thing because, you know, when I, um, when I was starting out at, at, at university, it, it wasn't really that much of a spoken concept, the idea that, you know, you could work in-house or certainly that you could train in-house. I think, um, you know, what that maybe led to was my time at, at, at university and the time kind of immediately afterwards, when me kind of thinking, well, you know, I really am interested in law from the academic sense. That's why I've come here to to study it. Um, but I'm not sure that a career in law is really going to be for me because in my mind at that time, a career in law meant going through university, you know, going and doing at the time the LPC um, and then going to a firm, doing your training contract, climbing the ladder, trying to become a partner, et cetera, et cetera. And that, you know, if you didn't really fit into that in into that box, then maybe that was it. Um, I, I think probably as a result of that, you know, I graduated um without knowing really what it is that i i wanted to do um not being sure if law was the 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 right kind of profession for me and that's why you know i did other things after i graduated i mentioned last time when we spoke i um you know i taught i kind of tried to develop some more of those transferable skills um in terms of you know the sort of the intangibles the ability to communicate with people the ability to kind of um the ability to it sounds a little bit lame, but, you know, to be able to tell a story around the kind of things that you are, you're, you're, you're trying to put across. Um, and I think it was kind of at, at, at that point where I really started kind of just, just looking, just curiosity, just seeing kind of what else was out there. And, 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 you know, the reality is, is at the time there weren't that many options to, uh, to train in house, but I saw a few come up. Mm. I saw, I think I saw one, a, a music company. I saw, um, I saw, uh, obviously, in the end, I saw one come up um, um, at, at Adidas, um, and I started realizing, hang on a sec, there is, there is more, there are more options here than just the kind of the 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 the, the well trodden path. I think I'd already kind of gotten myself a little bit towards um, that kind of reasoning and understanding by, you know looking beyond in the first instance um you know perhaps the kind of the 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 bigger big name magic circle law firms and realizing that actually even within private practice there's a whole new well a a whole different kind of landscape out there um i actually uh, applied for a training contract at a boutique practice um in the west end which was very focused on media which was very focused on entertainment um I had a really good experience during uh, during that application process. In the end, I I got extremely close and 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 was unsuccessful. But what I took from that is that hang on, maybe my perceptions of 
what a career in law is and what it means and what the options are, maybe there is more to it than that. And I think it was kind of really from there that I started looking a little bit deeper and, and, mm-hmm. and thinking a bit more about alternative options, which is when I came across the the kind of the, the, the in-house option. Yeah, because you wouldn't necessarily know the boutique practice that you mentioned. You wouldn't necessarily know that that even existed, would you, as an opportunity to kind of work in law? No, exactly. And, you know, at least at my time, there was at university, there was a, a, a big emphasis and rightly so, because a lot of people who go into um, into a degree at a good university like Exeter are doing it with a mind to going down that path of um, of private practice. And so it kind of logically follows that a lot of the interactions you have there in terms of the firms that are visiting, um, the, uh, the people who come to the, the law open days, etc., um, are or the law fair are, are are generally going to be that kind of firm because it's catering to you know what I think probably still a majority of people have in mind when they come and do a law degree in terms of how they want to take that forward for their career. Um, so yeah, I think that it it's 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 only when you lift the lid a little bit um, that you can start to think about other options. But I think that in order to lift that lid. You know, in order to have the motivation to lift that lid, you also have to really start thinking a little bit about, well, what is it that interests me about my career prospects? And it doesn't have to be just in relation to I want a career in law, but in general, it's a bit of a kind of self-analysis job of, well, yeah. what is it that what is it that makes me tick? Where are my strengths? Where are perhaps my areas that I would need to develop if I want to go down a certain path? Um and 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 trying to really do a little bit of that kind of self-assessment, which at least for me, I found wasn't easy to do while I was studying law. Um, it, it it took that kind of process of after graduation, going down the road of doing a bit of teaching, doing some tutoring, doing a few other bits and bobs to kind of really start to to actually go on that journey in a meaningful way. That's right, and I guess um, sometimes it can be quite difficult to take the pressure off yourself when you're studying law, can't it, and think exactly like you're saying, Luke, you know, what is right for me, what makes me tick, Um, but I guess there can be, even though that's quite scary to think I'm not really sure what I want to do and I need to do some some exploration first, that is quite scary because I know a lot of students want to have something lined up when they graduate, but I guess you're saying here, you know, there are, or your proof, there are some benefits to that, you know, doing different things and and, and unpicking that a little bit. Um, but yeah, sort of on the back of that, I wanted to ask actually, because I have had a few students more recently ask about opportunities um, to train in-house. So can you tell us a little bit about um, any insight you have on that? I'm guessing it's less common than in private practice but yeah any insight you have into that would be uh, really useful yeah i mean i I think it is obviously you know if if you were to look at it as a pie chart of the um the opportunities that there are for 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 training contracts or other kind of alternative entries into being um you know a, 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 a solicitor equivalent that it is still kind of dominated by the the private practice field. But what I would say is that increasingly um, in-house legal teams, um, particularly in larger organisations, are growing in kind of sophistication and size and, um, and, and kind of prominence within a business. I think gone are the days when 
um, organisations generally just ship out any of their legal work to externals. That's not to say that in-house teams don't work very closely with external law firms and, and partners, but I think that as that kind of function within organisations develops and matures, it follows that you would want some kind of pipeline in there for entry level people to come in and grow and develop within the environment so rather than perhaps a world in the past where you know there were always in-house lawyers but they would typically be experienced private practice lawyers who for whatever reason wanted to kind of make a change and and, and, and drop out it was that the entry point was a much further way uh, a much further down the line in terms of kind of the mm. stage where you're at your career yeah. whereas now I think that yeah it, it it's it's it, it's perhaps being looked at in a slightly different way and, and and as a result of that there is much more of that um of that sort of yeah well we want to bring people in and organically grow them and and hey a great way to do that is to um is to yeah is to is to offer that kind of training contract and um, sometimes you see it as a kind of a, a hybrid one where it's not necessarily um, in-house uh, the company that will offer a full training contract, but they may work closely with a law firm and they may do mm. secondments and exchanges for a seat of the training contract, mm. um, for instance. So there are those kind of hybrid models as well. But I, I, I think that, you know, in general, um, in-house teams generally historically grew from private practice lawyers who went in there. And private practice lawyers, of course, are very mindful of how in a law firm the training contract system works and that logic is exactly as they say of bringing people in early and nurturing them and bringing them up for the benefit of the of the firm and that certainly was the case for me um at, at, at adidas you know at the time it wasn't that common for there to be training contracts in-house but this whole structure was set up by um the the senior people in the within the legal team there who had seen this in private practice and really saw the benefit of being able to introduce these kind of things um within the in-house team um and yeah, that's uh, that that that's certainly one way where I think it's kind of uh, developing, and why there are perhaps increasing opportunities to to train in different ways than just through um, just through private practice. Yeah, and I guess is it would it just be a matter if students were interested in those op opportunities? I guess it's just identifying big organisations they might be interested in working for and just you know looking doing some research about any opportunities that are available I guess. Sure but there's also the flip side of it that you know a lot of um, a lot of, of, of smaller organizations a lot of startups a lot of scale-ups or just in mm. general kind of small to mid-sized companies still have the in-house legal teams and still need even if you're not talking about a training contract level or a qualified lawyer level you know still need hands in that team to come in and to do kind of you know paralegal work or interning or yeah. uh, traineeships not a legal train uh, a, a training contract but you know within the company structure a traineeship and so the other thing to kind of remember there is that if, if people think that they want to explore alternatives to law firms you don't just have to look at VAC schemes you don't just have to look at you know the the, the official kind of pro or pre-training contract programs at law firms but equally you can get some experience working in-house and see what it's like and what it's about you know before the training contract stage too and, and actually that's a whole I think that's a really untapped area of um 
potential and of possibility for people who think that they may be interested in that kind of work also want to bolster up their experience before you know perhaps they're they're taking the dive into actually qualifying that's really good advice definitely because did you am I right in thinking but did you work for a startup before um, I, had worked, I, I did work for us up. So I, I, I started, I trained at Adidas and um, worked in Adidas uh, in the in the UK and then came over to Adidas in Amsterdam, um, where I'm back now. But in between my uh, my stints at Adidas, yeah, I, I, I worked in-house for a couple of startups. Mm. Uh, yeah. So that's there as an opportunity as well, isn't it? So, yeah, that that's great for our students to know. And I guess, I don't know, you've had some experience working in private practice, haven't you, as a paralegal? Yeah, so I did some paralegaling. Um, and again, you know, more to kind of partly because I kind of felt like I had to do it in order to get to, to get some experience, but also just to try yeah. and actually see what it really was like. I did some paralegaling in like a, a boutique property firm. Um, I did uh, a I did some work experience at Instant Co big commercial shipping mainly firm and a sports law firm etc so I, t- I tried to kind of get around and see some different angles of private practice I mean I think the reality is is that you know in when you go in and you do these VAC schemes and you do the kind of work experience firms you know the, the real value of them is it's not like you're necessarily going to be doing kind of cutting edge work but it's it's to try and absorb the atmosphere it's to try and understand how things are working there who's doing mm-hmm. what like just just what the uh what the kind of lay of the land is and 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 that was yeah that was very useful yeah and I guess it, it sort of would it be interesting to know your perspective I guess from your own experience but maybe from your friends and your network you know what is sort of what are some of the main differences as a as a qualified lawyer you know working in private practice compared to in-house yeah I mean I think um certainly from my own perspective and you know i have a lot of interactions with um with with uh private practice firms insofar as you know in the daily course of work we engage them for uh, certain topics and uh, you know i think that that the thing that you really do notice in house and the differences is is that that idea as i mentioned earlier of being really part of a business and part of an organization um your work is not simply to advise on legal risks but it's to understand the business opportunities and to give advice and to to do your legal work in the context of what the business as a whole is trying to do now that's obviously something which law firms strive to do and and it's incredibly important for them as well they can't just kind of sit in 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 isolation but as an in-house lawyer when you're actually in there in the middle of it um you know that th- there's there's a lot more emphasis i think on um yeah on that uh, on that idea of kind of being part of the part of the bigger team and and that requires in some ways some different skill sets and 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 different perspectives you know it's not just it's not just pure pure legal reasoning and thought there's a lot more of the kind of the the the, the commercial angle behind it um I think as well that the you know that the, the harsh reality is is that when you are operating within a, a private practice firm and you are giving advice to a company you know you have to be belt and braces 
because at the end of the day, if you misadvise, if you miss something, then, you know, that company's looking at you saying, well, you, you gave me some terrible advice and the mm. insurance premiums are going to go up at the, uh, at the firm you work at. Whereas in-house, you know, I think that there is a slight more element of pragmatism, a slight more element of balancing risks and understanding the risk appetite of the company that you work for. Um, and I think that's part of, 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 of what I mentioned of trying to kind of really just immerse yourself in the in the strategy and the um, and the atmosphere and environment of the company in which you operate. The main difference and the simplest way to put it is that when you work in house, your client is your business. You have you have one client and that is the business mm-hmm. in which you work in. Yes, there are several stakeholders there and, you know, several people that you will be working with closely, but you have one client in a law firm you know you are a service provider um for you know any number of clients who come and go as uh, as 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 needed and that is a different dynamic yeah definitely and what can i mean i'm sure there's there's lots of, of benefits of, of practicing house mm. but what can some of the challenges sometimes be i think um one absolutely classic one is that um, you, you kind of have to be a little bit of a salesperson as well, because a lot of uh, a lot of the perceptions of legal in companies can be a little bit unhealthy. The starting point can be, ah, oh, do we really need to go and talk to legal? They're just going to say no, or they're just going to make things more complicated. Um, it, it, that can be a, a, a challenge when the people that you're working with just really want to meet their own targets. They really want to get to. Um, a goal that they and their team have set for themselves or has been set for them by above. Um, And I think that a a real challenge is also a really good opportunity, but a real challenge is trying to reconcile the fact that you're all on the same team, that you're working together, that you want to, um, that you want to kind of help each other out Um, and, and to show that as a lawyer, you can add value to whatever the matter is at hand, that you're not just there to kind of be awkward, to say no for the sake of it, that, um, you know, that you're both trying to, yeah, protect the business, but also enable it. That can be a a, a challenge in that world. I mean, if you are, you know, I think it's pretty clear what the role of a law firm is. If you go to an external law firm as a a, a client, you go there because you need their advice. You are proactively asking them for help. that dynamic is slightly different in-house. The lawyers are there, <laughs> the legal team is there, and it is by kind of de facto or should by de facto be part of certain kind of internal processes and decision-making and execution of uh, projects. And so, yeah, I think that that kind of finding the right and the healthy place for a legal team within a business is is a challenge that, yeah, by definition doesn't necessarily exist in that relationship between law firm and client. Yeah, it sounds like you might um, sometimes encounter some reluctance from some of your colleagues or some, you know, barriers straight away. So maybe you've got to kind of start bringing those down initially. And like you say, sort of talk about the benefits of what of what you can add. Yeah. And this is where I think and, and I, by the way, I think this is just as applicable um, in in private practice or mm. in, in any role. But I think this is where, at least for me, the you know, I mentioned that kind of focus on on certain soft skills on not just mm. your kind of technical legal ability, but in particular, that ability to kind of build relationships and to 
you know, and also just to kind of show that you're just you're human to kind of shatter any <laughs> negative preconceptions of what a, uh, what a lawyer is. I think an ability to do that is incredibly helpful across the board, but particularly in house. I mean, I, I, I would say that if if your aim is to kind of go sit, be removed to kind of dictate and say, know a lot or to try to impose your view without considering a wider context, then working in house would probably not be for you. Sounds like you've got to be able to work collaboratively, which is the word we use a lot with our students. And we're always saying, you know, you need really good communication skills and telling our students if they've had part time jobs, maybe working in retail or hospitality, how valuable that's going to be. And I think what you're saying there is real proof of that, isn't it? That it is you do need really good communication skills and be able to build those relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not it's not even sometimes being able to get across what you want to say. It's knowing how to say it that's the that's the key of the communication I think yeah and that probably takes some practice I would imagine oh for sure for sure <laughs> yeah and what about sort of like moving away from the challenges so I guess what about you've sort of touched on some of the benefits already of, of working in-house but I don't know maybe you could sort of have a think of what have been some of the real memorable highs of of your current role I think again the the by virtue of being so close to what is happening and what is kind of going on and being really involved and present, like actually at the table in um, in the kind of evolution of yeah new projects, new um, new relationships with 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 third parties. That there is a real sense of satisfaction when those projects come to life and you can really tangibly see not just oh I've done a good job here or we've negotiated this contract well but actually you know seeing and now I see it come to life and I see how this relationship grows and develops and I'm still there as that relationship grows if it needs any kind of um any any uh any support any um if it needs me to jump back in and and be involved as that relationship develops changes grows then you can still do that and I think that that is you know if I think back to kind of those projects and 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 areas that I've worked on where I've got the most satisfaction that is the reason why and I think that that is something which is connected to being in-house versus um you know coming in from the outside and giving some legal advice Mm, it sounds like you really get to see the impact that your work has had on the business and the growth of that business and how it develops. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I guess sort of looking forwards into the future, um, what opportunities do you feel will be open to you, you know, in, in the future career wise with an in-house background? It, it's a really interesting one, because if you look at it just from the lenses of kind of legal career development, um, this is one thing which, and I guess you could also call this another another challenge of working in-house. One thing that people should be aware of is that compared to private practice where, you know, the whole infrastructure is geared towards bringing in promising talent, nurturing them through training contract, through the various rungs of career progression, ultimately up to kind of, you know, partner level. That is kind of the whole shape of um of of a law firm it's it it, it kind of it, it promotes that idea of career progression mm-hmm. of lawyers um necessarily as well because obviously the lawyers are really the main asset of the of the mm-hmm. of, of the law firm when you work in house legal is one department within one function 
within the rest of the organization mm. you're not anything you're not special because you're a lawyer so whatever your company's mm. approach towards career development whatever the approaches towards headcount availabilities um promotions etc is you know you're lumped in with everybody else in that sense there is no kind of predetermined career progression in that sense you know obviously if um if you're doing well and there is space and there is um, a need for a more senior position you can kind of jump around and you can move up but you, you, you know, the reality is, is that you are a little bit kind of uh, hostage to fortune there in terms of yeah, what the situation is in your company, in terms of opportunities to to progress. The flip side of that, though, is that especially in a big organization, there's a lot of flexibility of moving around within an organization. So be that that maybe, you know, you actually uh, are thinking I love law, but actually I'm more interested in the commercial side of what I'm doing. You know, there is a much more kind of readily available opportunity, again, subject to the possibility of there being space, headcount and all the other constraints that come within companies to um, to moving around and to jumping ship mm-hmm. to a completely different legal team or to a completely different commercial team. Um, and so in, in terms of prospects in house, that's one thing to consider kind of from a from from the perspective of staying within your company equally, you know, much like within within law firms or within any other kind of industry or space you can move around you can jump from to a different company you know if a, a, an appropriate opportunity comes up if you feel like you're ready for the next step and you see a position of seniority above what you're doing now that you feel you're ready to do you can jump you can move around to different companies um but i think that in general at least for me personally um you know that's one thing the kind of the, the the progression of a kind of a linear legal career where you want to look and get more senior as you go um but i think that working in house um in general or working as a lawyer in general also really kind of lends itself to several other careers that you might that you might want to kind of go into you know i think i think in general again maybe because of the slightly different structure and natural career progression that you have which seems very predetermined for you in a in a in a a law firm perhaps from working in-house you know i i don't really see my career progression that way i see it more as like okay well i'm doing this now um in five years time do i still want to be working in law i don't know do i still want to be working Mm. in this role now i i don't know would i be ready for the next step or the step after that would that become available i i feel like the world is a little bit less black and white prescribed for me i feel like there's a bit more freedom um i don't feel any pressure that in two years i have to be a partner because i'm just not on that ladder it sounds like you're more thinking um you know sort of what am i what are the skills I've developed from this? You know, maybe where else could I take them in law, but also in other sectors? Sounds like you're thinking about those transferable skills again, Luke. We love that, don't we, as career professionals? Uh, Absolutely. I mean, for me, me, I've always been a big believer, as I've kind of said about 100 times uh, during our conversation now. For me, the transferable skills are always the most important ones. Um, And having that kind of freedom and flexibility to not, set yourself on you know a specific path that you absolutely must follow at all costs um 
at least for me, that all comes back to a lot of the reasoning why I think my career has developed the way that it has. Yeah, definitely. And do you think, is there anything else that you'd like to comment on with regards to working in-house that maybe I haven't asked about or we haven't covered? Um, I mean, I think we've touched on, um, I think we've touched on a lot of things. I think one thing which is really interesting to bear in mind and one thing which is coming into a lot of prominence now in amongst in-house teams um you know again in-house teams are usually relatively lean are usually relatively tightly resourced in terms of the amount of, uh, of volume of work and the amount of areas that they're involved in and so a big thing when you're working in-house and, and especially when you're looking at things as a whole legal team is how you can be more efficient, how you can be quicker, how you can basically um, do more with the same amount of resource. And, and one area where this is really growing and you're seeing a lot of development is in the kind of legal tech sector or sometimes referred to as like legal ops or legal operations. Um, I think that this is an area slightly different from, you know, kind of normal legal practice, but even from a career perspective, you know, there are an awful lot of companies coming up now who are offering, and it's kind of a quasi mixture of tech and, and legal stuff to, um, to sort of, to offer solutions, to offer, yeah, software, technology, platforms, et cetera, that can be used by legal teams in order to make them operate better and to make them be able to serve business quicker and you know to be able to to, to ultimately yeah, do more with the same and that's a really interesting area as I say firstly in terms of just I, I see kind of a, a a slightly new kind of string of the legal profession coming out here yeah. people who are you know actually working in this field of legal ops and thinking about developing ways of how to you know how to streamline and how to make um, how to use technology to make uh, to make to make the job of lawyers easier and more effective, um, but equally in terms of just the environment of working in house in a legal team, I think more and more you're seeing the need to embrace these kinds of technologies and these kinds of ways of working to try to um, to try to be able to really kind of yeah harness and maximise the resources that you have. Um, so I think that certainly over the coming years, I think it would be a mistake to think that you just kind of go work in house and you sit there with your head down and you you do your contracts and you do your negotiations or you give your advice or depending on which kind of area of, of, yeah. of uh, legal support you're giving. I think that much more there is this emphasis on being kind of flexible to change, which is something which lawyers aren't always very good at. Yeah, and, and and kind of really embracing yeah new ways of working and um and and, and I do feel like that is going to come to the fore more in in house practices than in private practice. Now I I don't know what they're doing in the law firms. The law firms themselves actually are, are, are often creating these kind of sub branches of legal ops where they offer legal ops services out. So that's how mm. they're kind of evolving that world. But from an in house perspective. I think that that concept of agility and really kind of being open and flexible to the, to those new ways of working is going to be really, really essential going forward. You've got to be flexible, be open to change and be resilient, I guess, as well. Sure, That's yeah. part of change, isn't it? Absolutely. 
Yeah, well, that's brilliant, Luke. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to to chat to you as always. And I know that it will be um, so useful for our students. So thank you so much. Sure, no worries. This was the Career Zone podcast brought to you by the University of Exeter Career Zone. Check out iTunes and Spotify to keep up with all of our regular releases. And if you'd like us to cover something else in another episode, just send us a message, hashtag careerzonepodcast at UOE Careers on Twitter or at UOE Career Zone or at UOE Cornwall Career Zone on Instagram. And we'll follow up in one of the next episodes.